You're listening to the Platte River Bard. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Platte River Bard. This is Chris Berger. And I'm Sherry Berger. And on today's show, our guest is Lauren Medici. As director of engagement programs at Opera Omaha, Lauren oversees all education and public programming, including the Holland Community Opera Fellowship. She specializes in making the arts accessible through cross-sector collaboration, and her work with Opera Omaha has focused on bringing opera into new environments and creating partnerships with the Omaha community to illustrate and promote the value of creativity in both the arts and non-arts sectors. Before returning home to Nebraska to join Opera Omaha in 2017, Laura focused on arts in healthcare. At Atlantic's Health Systems Healing Arts, Lauren developed and managed programs bringing the arts into hospitals and communities across northern New Jersey, including the Artist in Residence Project, Healing Voices on Stage, Caregivers' Stories, and Healing Wars Movement Workshops for Caregivers with choreographer Liz Lerman. While working at the Springpoint Senior Living Foundation, she helped develop the Encore program, working with arts partners, including theater and opera companies, symphonies, and museums to create accessible arts programs. She started her career at McCarter Theater Center in Princeton. In 2018, Lauren earned her Master of Arts in Arts and Medicine from the University of Florida. She earned her bachelor's degree in business at Trinity University in San Antonio, Texas, where she studied marketing and theater and is a graduate of Elkhorn High School. Welcome, Lauren, to the podcast. Thank you very much for coming to see us in a virtual way. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad to to be here in this virtual world. That's right. (laughs) And we are happy to have you. So... One of the things that you've done is you've you've done arts and marketing and arts and medicine. So can you talk a little bit about why you decided to go into that field? Yeah. So um, when I was in college, I um, kind of always had these dual interests even before college and in high school. Um, and so when I was in college, I did both theater and communication stuff um, and and business and marketing classes and knew that's kind of what I wanted to do um, and go into arts administration. Um, And then the timing just happened to work out when I was graduating from college. Uh, We were in the midst of the uh, 2008 recession. And so the idea that I would go and get like a corporate marketing job and do this art stuff um, as a hobby, um, I, you know, it paused. I was Mm. um, in the middle of a process of working for an oil company and, got a call and they said, oh, no, hiring has frozen. You're not coming in. So it sounded much more feasible to go and take uh, an intern position at McCarter Theater Center in Princeton, New Jersey. Um, If nothing else of it would be something productive and and useful to do for for a year. Um, And I just... I fell in love with it and um, ended up staying in New Jersey after my after my year at McCarter ended and continued to work there in in a different capacity and got into arts and medicine because my my job there uh, was working with the Springpoint Senior Living Foundation uh, and their arts and culture program Encore 
and really developing arts and culture experiences for seniors, both in the community and in our, um, at the time we were the largest provider of senior housing in the state of New Jersey. Um, wow. And nice. so it was really, that's how I got, uh, that's how I kind of fell into it. I had partnered with them when I worked at McCarter. And so I, I hopped over and started working for them full time. Um, and then that led to really focusing more in what the arts can do for our health and well-being. And that's and, a, primarily kind of what the arts and medicine is about. As someone who may not be familiar with what the arts and medicine yeah. is, what, 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 what exactly is that? Yeah, so the, the field of arts and medicine is, is pretty broad and there's a full spectrum. And so people might be familiar with uh, the creative arts therapies. So if you're yes. uh, they're a music therapist, an art therapist, and those folks are mental health practitioners who use the arts as a medium to treat people and have clinical outcomes. But okay. the whole field of arts and medicine is kind of this whole spectrum and it goes from those those clinical folks to artists who are playing in hospitals or arts workshops in hospitals. You know, what does the physical space look like? Is there art on the walls? So here in Omaha, we're lucky we have a great, there's a great healing arts program through Nebraska Medicine and UNMC, especially at the Buffett Cancer Center and, and what they're doing. So okay, um, yeah. the overall field of, of arts and medicine is really, really broad in that sense of how can we collaborate with the arts and artists for for well-being, for community health, to mm -hmm. make, you know, in public health places, how can we use the arts to reach vulnerable populations mm -hmm. in a way that that is positive and helpful? So it's it's really it's really a broad field that's growing and changing and adapting and you know right now in the situation we're in is incredibly relevant. Right? Yeah, very relevant. Yeah, that's and what I was just thinking myself is you're able to bring your, the arts to people who can't go out and, and do it. Yeah, and there's so much great research and studies um, about what arts and arts connection can do to help fight isolation, which is something that mm -hmm. before this pandemic we were talking about you know, as a social determinant of health and really important for people to feel connected. But we were mostly talking about it uh, for seniors or for people who are homebound. And now we're really talking about it for everybody. Right? Yeah, um, we're all in the same boat now. Yeah. But I yeah. think we're going to have more people homebound because I think as people who have maybe they can they can have a job, but they maybe they're compromised somehow. So they're not going to be going into work. They might be teleworking. They might still be staying at home during, so they're not exposed. It's so be more relevant you'll, you'll actually for a longer might, time. might have more people at home as we start to open up and people are yeah, going to I work. Yeah, I think there are going to, I think there are going to be a lot of people who are. St I think this has helped us realize more of who our vulnerable populations are, um, that have often been, that it's often invisible. Um, and so yeah. now we're, we're realizing who are these people that even when we are opening back up and, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's safe for some people to go out. I think we're still going to have a, a good part of our population who is not going to feel comfortable or it's not safe for them, for them yeah. to do that yet. Um, yeah. and so, you know, I've been thinking a lot about how, how can we reach people where they are both mm -hmm. right now, but also in the future. I think that's, you know, one of the important conversations that, that we're having. I think so too. So what do you love about working in the arts and working for Opera Omaha? What's, what's the I, thing you love the most? 
the thing that I love the most. I love people <laughs> most of all. Um, and so what I what I love is sharing that that joy and that passion that I feel for the arts and and the the tinglys that I get when I'm in a really like great arts experience. Yeah. I love seeing other people experience that. And mm-hmm. I think as arts people, we know what that tingly feeling feels like. And sometimes yes. it's hard to it's hard to tell other people what that is. Um, but I know it when I see it. And I yes. love when we do programming and we're in, you know, a workshop and we're working with we're working with adults and we're in a creativity workshop. And, you know, someone's like, mm, I don't know if I get it. And all of a sudden you can like you can see it when a person has that moment of like, oh, this is my creative uh-huh. expression. I can I can do this. Um, that part is really great, and really and really like drives me forward. Um, and working with Opera Omaha has been great because I I started with Opera Omaha three years ago this month. So all right, yeah, happy three yeah. years. <laughs> Thank you. So coming on board for me was really about the the community programs, and I came on to help launch the Holland Community Opera Fellowship, which we're now finishing up our third season of, which is really about being in the community yeah. and working with community partners to create collaborative programming that uses arts and creativity to help meet community needs. And so in my work before, when I worked in arts and health and worked in a hospital system, um, I was that that outside partner. So I've always kind of found myself at that intersection of of arts and health and human services and community. Yeah. And, and, and all now of you that. get to be so on now, the other side of it. Yeah. I'm now I'm on the other side where I'm, I'm helping create those connections and those bridges and those, those programs. And it's been great to see that program really grow and expand over the last three years and really see what arts can do when we're, when we're working collaboratively with these partners. Yeah, that is excellent. Now, uh, speaking of uh, all the virtual stuff going on right now, uh, mm-hmm. as we were looking over, you guys are doing quite a bit virtually right now. This uh, d- doesn't seem to have slowed you guys down one bit over at uh, Opera mm-hmm. Omaha. You guys are doing the daily creativity prompts, you're doing the prelude talks, and you're doing the virtual opera and conversations. Uh, yeah, all three, we- all kinds of stuff is going on. Yeah, we pivoted. We pivoted pretty quickly back in yes, March. Yes, you did. Um, <laughs> so um, part of that was we have our our Holland Community Opera Fellows who are with us, and uh, you know the mindset of the fellowship is always to serve community needs and to be collaborative, but also to be flexible and adaptable. And that's really helped us during this time because this was just another thing that we were going to adapt to and be fluid and, and adjust. So we've been creating those creativity prompts that you mentioned, which yes, are great those have been neat. Yes. Yeah. They're really uh, written for all audiences, not just, not just children. I think so often we get into this place where we're like, Oh, kids need art activities. And, you know, back to that core of arts and health is everybody needs create creative activities and yes. benefits from that engagement. Um, so we've been we've been putting those out, um, and they're all available on our website and our blog. I think there's over thirty of them now. So there's, yeah, there's a bunch there's of kind them, of a yeah. really good library of them, and there's mm. all sorts of different things and topics and stuff you can do. And they're written to be pretty quick, so mm. you can take a little bit of like a creativity break in your day. Um, and then the prelude talks that we've been doing are kind of an extension of something that we did in the before time, uh, where we offer prelude talks before our performances, our main stage operas, but we also uh, partner with Filmstreams when they present the the Met HD's 
uh, streaming experiences at film streams and yes. do prelude talks before each of those. So this is kind of an extension cool. of that um, when the Met has been offering these nightly streams of, of opera materials. Uh, we're part of a consortium of a number of different opera companies. So, uh, so the weekly there's a prelude talk before the opera. And those are really important because they give people a little bit of insight into what you're about to see, what you're about to hear. Mm -hmm. I like to say they're kind of preparing you to enter the world of this opera. Yeah, um, I love I love that kind of thing. I, do too. I, I really, really do, uh, especially with something like a, a opera that that not everybody are, is maybe immediately familiar with. And I, yeah, uh, I think it's invaluable. And I love hearing about it to to listen to those before watching the performance. I love it. Yeah, yeah, and it's really you know it's really fun for people to know that I don't have to come to this thing having read a full study guide. Yeah. I can just come and I can spend, you know, a couple of minutes beforehand listening to someone who's a really knows about this, but is also super excited to share it with you. Mm -hmm. um, yes. And what are the things that they want, they're excited about and want you to know? And like, what are some of these insidery things that, you know, you'll now know to look or listen for? And so, you know, it's so much less intimidating. In world. Yeah. And yeah. it makes it so much more approachable. And uh, I, I really appreciate it. Well, the first time I ever saw Les Mis, they had a, a bunch of handouts that talked about what was going on in the show because it was, it was back in the 90s when it first toured. And, and then they had a talk actually beforehand because there were a bunch of uh, schools there. And, mm -hmm. and talked about the period and all that kind of stuff and kind of prepped us in this way. And every single person in there, whether they wanted to go to the opera or not, came out of there and absolutely loved it. And a lot of it, they said, was because of the beforehand it. Yeah. set up, talk about it. Here's what this is about. Now it's not intimidating anymore. Uh, yeah. You know, I think it's great. That would have been in Kansas City then, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, a long so time Kansas City. ago. <laughs> yeah, about 30 years ago. Yeah, right. I <laughs> and I absolutely, you know, part of what we do at Opera Omaha and part of, you know, my goal of as director of engagement programs is always to make this something that feels and is accessible. And so that means a lot of different things in a lot of different ways. But I think also, you know, opera suffers from, from the stereotype of this is hard and I have to do a lot of work to be ready for it. And this yeah. is not a thing for me. Yeah. It's, it's so, not true. So much, right. So much of the work that, that, that we do and what's always my goal is to make people feel like they can just they can come and enjoy it that mm -hmm. this is this is an art experience that that I can enjoy and I can understand and I can connect with but also we have those those people who are our die hard opera fans who sure. who do know and so those prelude talks and and everything that we do are also about can we give you a different perspective can we give you a different yeah path or to some this, yeah this piece or some new piece of information that you haven't thought about before mm -hmm. yeah. that now you're going to see this in a different way. So, you know, kind of reaching on, on the, it's, it's a bit of a challenge because you're talking about, you know, I, things for people who have no experience whatsoever with this, with this piece or this opera or this art form. Um, and then also the diehards who have seen this opera performed 20 different times in 20 different ways. Sure. And how can we give them something fresh and exciting to, to think about? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's wonderful. Oh, man. And you're kind of doing the same thing with your virtual opera and conversations. It's just that those are mm-hmm. Omaha, Opera Omaha productions. I think the one that you're doing right now is the one based on Sweeney Todd. So Opera and Conversation is an extension kind of into the virtual world of a program that we typically do in advance of each of our operas uh, to get conversations with different people who are either involved with the opera or artists and creatives and thinkers in this community in some way related and and to give people kind of a different way to look at the opera or using the opera as mm. a jumping off point to have conversations about different things oh so for we've done three of them so far and uh, we're doing one at the the end of may to talk a little bit about sweeney todd yeah, uh, yes. which is in our in our next season um and that's really exciting because it's going to be directed and conducted by some awesome omaha artists uh hal france is our conductor for that show our maestro excellent susan clement tober from the blue barn theater is the director of that hey hey, all right first yeah it's her first opera um she and hal have collaborated collaborated before um, so I think it's going to be really exciting. And part of that opera and conversation is also to kind of let let people in on the really interesting and exciting creative conversations that that often happen kind of behind the scenes. You know, they're conversations that we at Opera Omaha get to have with these artists before performances and shows. But let's bring those really cool conversations to our audiences um, yeah. and not keep them behind the curtain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love and, that. Yeah, and it just goes to 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 making all these different pieces that much more approachable and to kind of help build them up and to build anticipation for it. I love it. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. I found I found uh, uh, all that kind of stuff uh, so helpful because I am interested in it, but you never know. It's like, well, I want to go see this thing, but I don't know anything about it. And it's nice to know that you guys are talking about it beforehand. You're talking yeah. about it after, you know, and, and, and giving background and, and it, and it makes it so much more approachable. Mm-hmm. And I love that. It's one of the things, the local classical station here, KBNO does classical mm-hmm. all the time and they'll do opera on, I think Saturdays. And, uh, and, and they'll talk about, that's one of the things that that station does that I really appreciate is that they'll talk about the thing that they're doing before they do yeah. it. And then after they mm-hmm. do it, they'll talk about it again. Mm-hmm. And it just, it makes everything so approachable. It's like, okay, well, this is great. I like this now, mm-hmm. but you never know where to go. It's like, how do I learn about this? It's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think and by I- nature, our opera audiences are curious. They're curious people. Mm. And um, a lot of the the programming that we do is to, to kind of feed that curiosity. I think, you know, one of the things yeah. that guides the program that we do is by nature, I am endlessly curious about all sorts of things and so i assume that other people are curious too um and and what are those other things that i think are interesting or maybe unique connections or and how can we you know how can we dive into that further um and and i have been proven right i think other people are curious too Oh, absolutely. I think so too. No, I no, I think I think you're a woman after my own heart. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you completely. It's all true. And so then you've got something else coming up um, on May 17th at 11:30. Your poetry and music yeah. project. Oh, yeah. So our that's poetry right. and music project. Yeah, it's it's a year long project. 
Um, and we got through all of the phases of the project except the final performance before, yes. um, yeah, before, before the social distancing and everything came in. So yeah. um, it's in partnership with Nebraska Writers Collective and the American Opera Project. And we um, put an open call out to Nebraska and Iowa students to submit us poems on a couple of different themes. And then uh, two composers who are alumni of American Opera Project's Composers in the Voice program look through all of those those poems and really um, think about what is inspiring them. So it's not a contest in the sense of like, oh, what's a better poem? It's really these right. composers, Matt, Matt Brown and Francis Pollock, looked through all of them and said, oh, this, this one, I hear it. I hear what this would sound like as music. And then they compose original music with those poems as lyrics. And so- That is we got super to cool. Me. It's so cool. So we got to have the last thing we did before we went kind of all to our own homes was we had everybody here in Omaha, our composers in the all of the poets, some of their teachers, some of their parents, and our Holland Community Opera Fellows here in Omaha. And we got to do in-person music workshops all together and really hear those pieces of music for the first time and also have the poets give feedback on yeah, that's not really like what I meant by this line. And so I think it, it feels a little bit different here, you know, and then that changed the pieces. Uh, and Ew. so what we didn't get to do was have our, have our concert in person. Um, so we were able to record six of the 10 pieces with each of our fellows in their own home oh, with a means. piano track in the background. And, and we'll be premiering those videos on May 17th on a Facebook live concert that's going to be hosted by Nebraska state poet, Matt Mason. Excellent. And then, uh, yeah. And then after the concert, those videos will be available on our upper Omaha website. Um, and the great thing is all of the poems that were submitted to the project, not just the ones set to music are available in a book. That's also available to download from our website. So you can oh, okay. see all of the, all of the poems that I think we had 29 poems submitted mm. uh, and okay. 10 of them were selected to be set to music. So you can see all of them. And it's great because they're all from across the state of Nebraska. So, you know, I talked earlier about that, like those like tingly moments. Yeah. I had tingly moments all three days that we were doing these poetry. Oh, music I bet. Workshops. And it's also great because, you know, we have poets from across the state. So we're hearing um, all different perspectives about Nebraska. You yeah. know, there's, there's folks who have a more rural perspective and are talking about showing cattle at the county fair. And then there's there's some of our folks, our students who live in a more urban environment and are just talking about what are really universal themes of what it's like to be a teenager. Um, so yeah. there's you get a kind of full breadth of perspective in, in those pieces. So I'm really excited that we we found a way to be able to share it in this virtual time. That's Excellent. Nice. And that is May 17th. That's this Sunday? Sunday, yep, I believe. At Sunday. Yes. Yep. Sunday 1130. at 11.30. 11.30 on Facebook Live. Yep. And yeah. if you can't then, catch it live, you can still see them uh, on our website uh, next week. Excellent. It's neat. Well, you guys have really come a long ways, and, and it took us a while to, to turn our boat around when everything changed with the virus, and you guys have, haven't really missed a beat. You've been able to turn things around and, and yeah. still be able to produce things. That's wonderful. Talk about agile. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's it's nice to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's nice to see all the things that, that that you guys are doing, and uh, it's really exciting to see all the the things that that uh, you guys are doing in connection with the opera and 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 working with the community and kind of making this more approachable. Because uh, I I've always thought it was, but. I, I came at it a weird way. So I, I got into classical music and opera when I was a kid because of Star Wars and Bugs Bunny, which I'm of that age that yeah. I was that old. And that was my exposure to classical music was from movies. And my parents said, oh, well, guys, if you like John Williams here and they turned on the classical station. I was hooked. Yeah. yeah. And Bugs Bunny, it's like, hey, if you, if, if, that, that's like a real thing. If you like that, here, listen to this. Wow, that's really great. Do they even have Bugs Bunny on anymore? I don't know. No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> I don't. I don't know, but I had the I had that experience too. But um, growing up in Omaha, so I grew up in Omaha, um, and and moved away for college and was away, and then. Uh, moved back to work at Opera Omaha three years ago. And so my first exposure to opera was through Opera Omaha and through. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, through free student dress rehearsals. We got mm. to go see La Boheme. And um, oh. Oh, neat. we were, it was during a snowstorm. So I remember mm. <laughs> a lot of schools had, had canceled and hadn't come. And so they, they let us, you know, move around after intermission. And so uh, we got to, we thought it was really cool. We got to sit in one of the boxes at the Orpheum and see this production of La Boheme. Cool. And, and it was, <laughs> I was hooked. I was like in, um, and it was, mm-hmm. and it was really great. And so, you know, there's something really nice about coming back and working at Opera Omaha and, you know, for, mm-hmm. for three years and yeah, student dress rehearsals and student programming has been, has yeah. been part of, what I do, and I yes. know why it's important because Full it was important circle. to me. Exactly, yeah, that's absolutely. literally set you on your path, mm-hmm. and here you've mm-hmm. come back. Yep, yeah. I think that is fantastic. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, we're we're just excited about everything that's going on. Yeah, really proud of everybody. What they're everyone's doing, what they can. Yeah, and which just I'm really yeah. adapting for and doing that. and moving on, and then and then when things change, then we'll change back and and do our normal thing again. But Gosh, I think we're going to have we a lot of different kind of resources <laughs> and and ways of yeah. thinking about stuff and approaching stuff. And I think in the end, this is going to maybe this will help us be a little bit better at reaching out. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that that I found really important for us is at the core of what we do, especially with the fellowship and, and with our engagement work has always been. How can we be responsive to the community? How can we do something that the community needs and ask for? And so that's where a lot of our, our virtual programming came out of, especially those creativity prompts. And then um, our fellows have also been doing some virtual workshops and um, mm-hmm. time with our community partners who we normally work with in person. Yeah. But, um, you know, when your core belief is about serving the community – and being adaptable and flexible and, and, you know, meeting those needs, it makes it a lot easier to pivot during this sort of time, but also, you know, keeping at our core about what do we, what do we learn from this experience? What do we, what do we keep doing afterwards? And what are maybe Mm -hmm. some of the things that we did before that we, that we don't need to do anymore that we don't think are important and being open to those conversations about in the new reality, in the after time, after, you know, this happens, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
what do we want to keep and and how yeah. we move forward and i think the big part is like there are ways that we are now reaching and talking to talking to uh quote unquote Right. More people and different people than we were before. Yes, the audience has changed. Keep yeah, doing that. Yeah, yeah. You know, if people found us through creativity prompts, that's you know a memory mixtape activity or um, a cross sensory listening experience, and think that's really cool. You know, how do we keep keep doing in touch? That are interesting to them. Yeah, keep yeah. them in, keep engaged and uh, mm-hmm. and maybe yeah. Who knows? Maybe they come and try out an opera one time. Yeah. And, you know, we we live in a land with our fellowship and with our engagement programming of we would love if you end up coming to see an opera. But if that's not the experience that's comfortable and a fit for you, that's okay too. Because we, you know, have all of these other programs and the way that you want to interact with us Mm -hmm. is great. The way that you want to experience this artistry and this creativity and this like art form if we have something that pings for you awesome Mm -hmm. you know that's i think that's the beauty of that's one of the beauties of opera is we have so many different modalities within opera we have instrumental music and we have vocal music and we have storytelling and we have context in history and we have all the visual arts in sets and costumes and design and we have technology that we can talk about too so there are all of these different pathways yeah and art forms that are part of opera and that's really one of the awesome things because this has been a a time that we can explore all of those pathways and maybe it's a combination of a couple of them that work for you maybe maybe it's all of them Um, or maybe it's just one part of it that's really of interest and any and all of that is great. Yeah, that's so wonderful. And I think keeping that conversation of art going and keeping the education going as well just helps the art so much. It just it makes it more approachable. We, yeah, the, the more we can educate yeah. and reach out and, and tell people about Other, stuff, yeah. the, the more approachable it makes it. And it doesn't seem like something that they automatically wouldn't, you know, oh, I'm not interested in that. But then as soon as you tell them about it, they're like, oh, well, that's really neat. I am mm-hmm. interested in that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of those that, that I always have. I'm like, just just try. Just yeah, just try, try it. it. And it, I think it, so often with with art forms sometimes, I think people, you know, oh, I saw this one opera once and I didn't really like it. And so it's the whole art form is not for me. Right. You, you don't one movie and they're like you know what i didn't like that movie movies as a whole i'm totally out they're not for me so yeah exactly you know there's there's different parts and ways and types of opera and i think one of the great things also about this time frame is just in general now there's so much more available and accessible in online formats not just yeah not just through the met opera or that sort of thing all sorts of of companies and artists to have different materials that were never available and accessible online before. Mm-hmm. And now they are, there's, you know, contemporary opera you can stream. There's um, smaller pieces or bigger pieces or, you know, all of that is now available online and it wasn't necessarily before it was harder to access that, that stuff before. Yeah. Um, so that I think is another really positive thing about this time. Yeah, absolutely. I do too. I'm really glad you guys are doing this. Yes. 
So you've got on Omaha Gives coming up next week. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. So yeah. you you are taking donations for some of these programs. Absolutely. You, you know, we, we made a, a really big decision at the beginning of this crisis. We had to to postpone our, our one festival. And we made a really big decision to honor all of our contracts and pay all of our artists that were part of that festival. Mm. Um, mm. And also to continue to, you know, to do this work and know that creating arts and creativity experiences are important during this time. The work that we do is important and yeah. people are using it. And I think people need it a lot now. This is the way that we connect. This is the way that we express yeah. ourselves. This is the way that we find our stories and tell them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, we have Omaha Gives coming up on on May 20th and, you know, would really appreciate the support for this work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but even if it's not during Omaha Gives May, May 20th, if it's after that, you know, it's really important that we have the resources to be able to continue to do to do this work. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're doing wonderful work. It's yes. It's a great way to, so to, do, to donate and help. I think that's wonderful. Thank you for all that you do. And it's so nice well, to have, for... Oh, we're happy to do it. Yes. Oh, no, thank you for taking <laughs> yeah. the time today. Uh, it was uh, yeah. very nice of you to, to, to talk with us about all things opera Omaha. Cause you're from Elkhorn, yeah. right? So yeah, you I came am. back to yeah, you came back to Nebraska to help Nebraska art. That's wonderful. I came home. Yeah, I'm a boomerang. I didn't realize there were there were so many for us that there was a title until until I came back. So yeah, I grew up in Elkhorn um, when it was. I always tell people you have to go a little bit into a time machine. So when I grew up mm-hmm. in Elkhorn, there was one middle school, one high school. I graduated with a class of like a hundred and. 85 people yeah so it was a little bit a little bit different than it was now I did all of my high school theater at Mount Michael the boys boarding school up the road there oh wow stage off the back of the gym (laughs) when people are like oh Elkhorn has like all of these arts programs I'm like they totally do now it is a different yeah, it's different a little world bit there. different, and it's yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm a boomerang person as well, so yeah. I, yeah. I wasn't in San oh, Antonio; excellent. I was in Dallas for a while, oh, which okay. I really enjoyed. Yeah. And she boomerang back here. Mm-hmm. I did as well. As so yeah. nice to Brought have me you. with her. Yeah, <laughs> in tow. I, you know what? Did you bring your husband with you? Because that's what I did. I yes. boomeranged and, and brought someone new with me. Yep, so. she scooped me up on the way back. I did. Yep. Kansas City isn't that far away, uh-huh. so he still gets to visit quite a bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's His life didn't really oh, change that I'm, much. With, yeah, not so, a big deal. Yeah. yeah. I, have a, I have an East Coast British husband who I don't oh. think ever thought that he would end up living in Nebraska. Yeah, in the no. middle of the whole thing. <laughs> in the middle of the country, yeah. no. <laughs> but, he, but he loves it now, so. Good. Excellent. So it works out. That's yeah. wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. It has just been so nice to meet you and talk with you, and we completely support everything that you guys are doing. So we just, we just appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for, for having me, and I've so enjoyed this conversation, and I you know, look forward to a time in the future yes. when we can. Yes, I look indeed. forward to that. I can't wait to meet you. Thank you for listening and supporting the arts in the Platte River area and beyond. Please subscribe to our podcast so you are sure to catch all of our future episodes and join us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
Music for this podcast was used with permission by Screaming Skull Productions. See you next time on the Platte River Bard. <laughs>